Greetings, pals, and welcome to Throwing the Pals. Hi, pals. Hello, pals. Afternoon all. Afternoon all. So we're here. <laughs> Just to the pals, Chris, not all. Okay. Yeah. I apologise to, yeah. To the non-pals. To the, to the pals. non-pals. The non-pals can go You get out of here, you non-pals. <laughs> out of here. You get sure out of mine. <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing another episode. This one we're talking about. I've just blanked. Coda. It's a movie Coda. Coda. C-O-D-A. Coda. Good spelling, Marcus. Why is it is called it Coda, Marcus? Is it Child of Deaf Adult? It's Child of Deaf Adult. But and also, we, it's a music term. It's a music term. What Mitch means what? Mitch To means. return to the bit of the coda. Like, you play through the music and the coda comes and you go back to that certain right. point. Can be, like, the ending point of a song, but also, like, a point to... Interesting, yeah. And so, it's got those... Coincidentally, there's music in this too, right? It's a no, du- I don't <laughs> believe so. I don't think there's any music in this I song. watched it on mute. So. I don't know. Yeah, Marcus, uh, did you not watch it entirely on mute or something So oh, okay, you want to get straight. So before we get into this, uh, let's talk about what we're doing today. Okay, so Throwing the Pal is a podcast where we talk about movies. One person comes in loving the film, a second person comes in hating the film, and two of us come in as neutral parties. And the idea is by the end of the the, the thing, the pod... We will throw in the <laughs> Frank. Frank's broken. Frank's Someone broken. smack him on the back Mal of the head. <laughs> if you've ever seen sparks come out of a human being before, <laughs> that was a pretty good explanation. Oh, dear. So that the wasn't third, too bad. Third and fourth people, are we trying to sway them to throw in the power sure. and change their opinion? That's it. Let's That's call it. A, it's a debate it. format. It's scored on a uh, rating of eleven as a max. Yeah, and six is. Neutral in the middle, yeah. and a minus as three. Are, I minus guess. three at the bottom of the scale. Minus three to eleven. <laughs> Is our ratings? You can also just give a Batman symbol if you're feeling <laughs> a bit excited. Feel it a bit, yeah, yeah. And if you hate it, it's a Robin symbol. Sure. So <laughs> let's go in quickly to find out who loved this film. I just want to hear about that. I think this is the like we did this with Blonde, where we started the episode and went. However, we actually have no idea how anyone feels yeah. about this. So I mm. know you guys know. I'll just say right off the bat, I. Didn't really like this movie. Okay. I watched it a second time and have, oh, and I, uh, no, I have feelings about it. And the number of the score? The number of the score that I would give it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to put myself on the spot with these. I guess it's probably hovering around a four and a half to a five. Oh. That's and quite low. Which is not really. When you think about the fact that five and a half is in the middle. So six is the middle and you're at four and a half. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> glaring at Chris. We can't keep this In going. a previous app, they couldn't establish what was the middle. It's either five and a half system. or six. If I go off 50%. Chris, I will draw a picture. I will put it on our Twitter page. I will People will understand. Twitter uh, to the ground <laughs> quicker than Elon Musk. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're gonna, we'll put a poll out to our audience. Let's, they can decide. Let's take a pause of the podcast. I'm going to go make a Twitter page for us. <laughs> <laughs> so we can decide <laughs> this. this. Anyway, so Elon can decide. So Elon can decide. Finally, I would say, but I'm about a four, which and is good because we're. But I think okay. I could be swayed. I've come into here more so than ever, going. I want to be convinced that this is a better movie than I think it is. Okay, so, so much, much like sexual preference, you can be swayed. Correct, a hundred percent. Cool, which good. is good to know. Very relevant. To this film. That explains we'll this spectrum. Group. <laughs> mm, yeah. Spectrum. I like that. Um, can I jump ahead and see then if Frank was the one that loved it? Was I? I don't know, I'm asking. The sparks are back. It's a question. <laughs> He's malfunctioning. <laughs> don't be rude. Right. It was Let a pretty think. That was a simple think. question. Yeah. No, sorry. Um, love's a strong word. Okay. Yeah. Were okay. you on the higher end of the spectrum? Yeah, I'm over six at least. Oh, so you are technically a love. You like yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. I you did liked like it. it. I you did like it. it. I didn't like it to start with. It took me about 45 minutes. Interesting. I get that. I'll give it a seven. <laughs> That's the that's the sound that's the number. Seven. What's the letter? G minus seven. If that's the number seven, what's the letter? G. G. Oh, yep. Okay. G out G of eleven. G for good. G out of eleven. That's good. Is that the seventh letter in the alphabet? <laughs> Am I a genius? I brought I brought eleven in as a scale, and these guys were like too complicated, and Chris, now they're like letters, symbols. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Chris, the Rain Man over there, is like G is number seven. By the way, like very quickly, he's like all over it. He counted to seven. I don't think that's a Rain Man. No, he did, I, no fingers to be were fair, used. I threw we, no two fingers on the, I Got to fly Qantas. Got to fly Qantas. Okay, so now we'll get back into Tom's previous point with my viewing of this film. Because uh, I'm a moron. But to be fair, I feel that I was stitched up and I'm blaming Chris. You were misled. I was misled. Was very funny. I asked the group prior to watching this film, so subtitles, right? Like, they, it's meant to have subtitles. And Chris goes, yeah, but they come in a bit later. I'm loosely quoting this. They come in a bit later during important moments. They, You'll see subtitles is, is the briefing I got. To which he then followed up with, 
I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Did he? Yes, almost immediately Did afterwards. He he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Tom, oh, doesn't, Tom doesn't read the chat. So, I read the chat, but from the corner. Yeah. I'm in my butler's pantry. As you guys know, I'm locked in this studio week to week until they come back and feed me. <laughs> so in my ignorance, I've obviously missed that. So I've gone ahead and watched the film. And uh, yes, the film is intended to have subtitles burnt in. I think that that was actually yeah. with the release. Yeah. The version that I was provided, not so legally... Uh, didn't have any subtitles. So it was an hour and 20 before I went, okay, <laughs> waiting. No, this is not right. So this is a this particular scene where it, I flagged it as like, okay, I've been stitched up here. It was like, it's a lengthy scene between mum and daughter. Uh, there's a heavy use. The yeah, there's a heavy use of American Sign Language in the film because obviously the parents are deaf, mm. as is the brother, so the majority of the family. Um, and yeah, this beautiful scene, which I feel goes at a, at a guess like, it goes for about eight minutes mm-hmm. between the mother and the daughter on the bed and they're just talking to each other in sign. And I'm like, nah, there's no fucking way I was meant to interpret this. And I feel like up until that point, I'd done a very good job in understanding the film. Okay. But I miss so many jokes. My question yeah. was going to be, I have a, a read of this film, which is that it's very basic. And I don't think that's necessarily a knock against it. I just think it's true. It's yep. basic storytelling. Yep, and I assume true. you enjoying it. And Chris, I don't know if you enjoyed it, but would you agree? It's pretty basic storytelling. Uh, it's a paint by numbers. Incredibly. Yep. Mm. And yep. so I'm going to assume right up to that scene, you were like, I know everything that's happening. Like it's literally, literally it's not difficult. To going actually. back to watch it again, if I did, I don't think I would have missed much other than some jokes. Yes. And, and some great jokes. A little jokes. bit of context. Spe- great Speaking jokes. of joke, my first, I took a few notes. The first joke, I said, fart joke's funny. And then, <laughs> like, why did God make farts smell? So deaf people can enjoy them too. And the dad's like, signs Really happy with it's that. Just it's just it's, it's a solid dad joke. It's quite endearing. I mean, a great. The parents in general were very endearing. Okay. Yeah. I, I quite love it. Can I tell the briefest story? Because once Marcus told me this, it made me think of something. Mm-hmm. I'll swear, I'll take like 30 seconds of this. I... Uh, gave my, uh, like, years ago, I don't do this anymore, I swear, but I had a hard drive with Breaking Bad on it, and I gave it to... Illegally downloaded. Yes, years ago. I don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. Okay. <laughs> Good man. Okay. And I gave it to my uh, my father. All right, so that's 30 seconds, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is endearing. That Give him a go. Give him a go. I gave it to my father so he could watch Breaking Bad, and he'd watched Breaking Bad season one to three, and I had season four on there, and I called him a couple of days later, and I was like, what did you think? And he's like... Yeah, we stopped watching it. And I was like, <laughs> really? Season four is really good. He's like, yeah, we just didn't get that first episode. Like, really weird choice for it all to just be a black screen and just the audio. Like, what sort of art, no. what sort of art shit is that? And I'm like, Dad, that's not the episode. And I love like, that he well, thinks... Well, I thought it was bullshit. Like, he was so angry. He's Your like, dad What knows a you. wild artistic choice that they decided <laughs> to do the rest of the season. But this is a... Just as a radio play. This is a criticism of you, though. Your dad's gone, oh, my son's such an art wanker. That okay, he's decided I'll give it a chance. Is, yeah. And that's supportive. Yes, Pat on the back, Dad. Unlike your mother. Because he's like, oh, he's watched this whole thing in black. Like, he obviously found something that's really riveting about it. Imagine if he called me and just was like, yeah, it was great, really avant-garde. And I'd be like, not what I'd call it, but all right, (laughs) sure, if you think. There is an episode of Rocco's Modern Life called Wacky Deli, which is that exact story. Is it really? It's amazing. And people would have thought, well, my TV's broken. Yeah. It's the same with the cut to black and Sopranos. People were like, my TV's broken. But it's it's meta. It's about the creator of a TV show within Rocco's Modern Life. so good. And they screen just... A 30-minute blank white screen. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> How do you do that with a kid's show? Yeah. That's crazy. That's so funny. The movie is Coda. It's from 2021. It's directed by <laughs> okay. Sean Hader. Let's quickly talk about Coda. So it's a coming-of-age story. Obviously, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the family uh, Sorry. It's based on a French film called La Famille uh, Bellier, which was released as The Bellier Family. The Bellier Family in Australia. And it was a French uh, film with a very similar plot, which is about a young woman who comes from a deaf family, but she's hearing and she's very passionate about music and singing, yes. which conflicts with some of her family obligations. Well, they find it quite not Can I? rude, but they don't, they're like, why would you want to be a singer when we're all deaf and that's our... You know that's our connection. Sure, it brings them tighter together. Can I can I jump in very quickly with my comment here? This film, yeah, th- but this is a tough one because again I've mentioned this before, and mm-hmm. Tom and Frank I know haven't seen this film. Chris, I don't, I'm not sure. This film to me was Billy Elliot, interesting from start to finish structurally, like it just sat the same. Mm-hmm. Like Billy's haven't got this. It. Billy's got this hidden talent, or like hidden or not hidden. Really passionate about it, but family comes first, and that like it just squashes that you know his dreams of that. 
that's pretty much is also 20 years older, which puts us in the position of like, well, how many times has this been done Mm. now? Which is the issue. We did not get your score. Even though you oh, have to give no, it a sorry. befuddled question no, mark no, no. out of 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, no, because I very consciously wanted to sit on the fence with this one. So for Chris's sake, it's a 6. For Tom's sake, it's a 5.5. <laughs> I am. That's so diplomatic. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I hated it. Because I'm willing to be swayed, but I've got some very strong points on my version of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was interested to see what you both had on this first. Interesting. Uh, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a six. I'm right in the middle, Tom. Um, wow, so no one really enjoyed this. Like, no one had a great time. No. Yeah, I had a good time, but not a great time. And this is an Oscar-winning film. I have so many theories about that. You guys know that that's going to be my big talking yeah. point. Yeah, uh, but that I I'm sort of with you on that, Tom. That's where I'm sitting. I have oh, I agree. I don't think that. it, but was deserving of this won more awards you? than any film in Sundance history. Apparently, is that correct? I don't know if it won more awards. It was the I, first Sundance film ever to win Best Picture. You could be right that it won more awards at Sundance. I think. I think it won. It a, won audience and the jury award, but that's happened before. It happened yeah. with uh, the Meal and the Dying Girl. It happened with. It was uh, groundbreaking for what it was sure. at Sundance. It won the, it won the audience award, the directing award, me. Grand Jury Prize as well, yes. and mm. the US Dramatic Special Jury Award, mm. for which best may ensemble. be more than anyone's one. You could be. Absolutely be right. But having now, this is where I feel I went wrong. I read that first before watching the film. I, I did a little bit of research before going in. Mm. Yes. Mm. I think I had a similar thing, but we should get into it. We cut you off, Chris. Like, what were your actual Sorry, Chris. sort of feelings? I know. Oh, like, yeah, it's just a paint by numbers, Disney straight to VHS kind of story. It's, um, oh, there's nothing couldn't agree I more. really. Hard to hate, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. The performances are, are wonderful. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, I don't know. It just felt nothing was ever really at risk. Oh, we're, um, back to, we're back to a previous app on Belfast where we discussed that as a hot topic. Yeah, there's no tension in the film. There's no stakes. Same no. year as well, both nominated for Oscars. This mm. was the same year as Belfast and probably were both sitting snugly in the crowd-pleaser category. Yeah, people walk... Because you walk away going... Oh, that's so nice. She achieved her dreams. 100%. And I think that, here's the thing, I was watching it and for the first while I literally was like, this choir teacher. So she, obviously she signs up to choir class because she likes the boy that does choir class. And she's like, oh, I'm going to join choir. And she's on a, on a whim. But obviously we know she likes music. We've seen that before. She joins choir class. The choir teacher comes in and he's just arrogant, rude. He's like, if you're not committed to choir, if you don't want to sing, then get out of my class. Such a cliche. And it, I was like, I know this teacher. I've met him. Sure. But I literally wrote... <laughs> The choir teacher. Really? No. Like, <laughs> can I? I'm going to read you my note on the choir teacher. Please. Uh, beautiful blend of Hank Azaria and Jeremy Irons. It's like they had a baby. That's interesting because to me yeah. it's bisexual Billy Bob Thornton. But <laughs> I yeah. get where you're What's the guy from Acapulco? It's, his name, the actual actor, is Eugenio Derbez. Beautiful. Is, I honestly thought it was Hank Azaria at first He's sight. got that thing. I had to. I was looking at the cast list and I saw his name, which is spelt Eugenio. And I was like, there's no way that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> and he's a Mexican actor who's kind of from like a Mexican royalty, like the his, family. His his kids, his mother, they're all very well-known Mexican actors, like in soap operas, but also just other movies. And he's been doing the rounds. He did the Dora movie. He dubs yeah. Seth Meyers for, I don't know if he dubs the actual Seth Meyers show or he dubs him just in things that he's in, but he's like a dub voice actor for Seth Meyers. Really? And he does. Yeah, he, and Seth Meyers had him on the show and talked about it, and he's a really, really like funny guy. I think he's great in the can movie. We, yeah, can uh, we agree that he's probably one of the better mo- I think moments? I actually kind I, of love every performance in this movie. I don't Yeah, you can't pick yeah, it. It's, it's really hard to not. I think the brother's probably my favourite out of all of them. I think like he has the moments where you go, oh, really interesting. Like, it's duet. It's in the world. Do it together. Oh yes, that's <laughs> that great. was. I mean, some of the lines are a bit, a bit cheesy. <laughs> I, I hated the choir teacher to begin with, and then I sure. was like, I, I don't know why. I'm a sucker for music, okay. and as soon as they started singing, I was like, oh, you and I are going to have this in uh, common. You and I are going to have this I can't very fight much it. in common. I can't fight um, it. I believe the brother's name is Daniel Durant. It might be Duranty, and he plays Leo, and I've never seen him in anything else. That's really interesting you say that because he registered less for me. Not necessarily that the performance wasn't very good. I thought he just got the short shrift in the movie. Yeah, He's like just kind of like hooks up with the friend, has scenes where he's angry at her, movie ends. Like, two, I, two of my favourite scenes in the movie are when he goes into the bar... And he first gets in that fight. Sure. Because someone's he go he gets bumped in the bar, they spill he he stands up, 
he's with his work, not co- not colleagues or friends, but people he kind of works with. He's with them. They're not helping. Co-fisherman. Co-fisherman. Yeah. He gets up. He Fishing tries to pals. confront. <laughs> Fishing pals. <laughs> Let's just say it. Fish pals. He tries to confront the person who bumped him, but he's he can't speak. So he's so, and then he gets made fun of, and he's like, "Oh, the, you're dumb." Yeah. And it's just. Awful, and he just yeah. there's no way for him to sort of communicate with. If, if it wasn't an audience member punching that guy first, it was going to be him. So like, yeah, we felt for him in that moment. It was it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second scene was when just after Ruby gets given the dress from her mum, they argue down at the they docks. argue down at the docks, and he's doing that massive monologue. And that's when I went, oh, that, oh, yeah, that was a good moment know, for that's, me. That, that's when it hit me emotionally. <laughs> it was it's a great monologue for me. Yeah, that's a, it's two you scenes back to back. That, Marcus. Yeah. Yes, yep. yeah. But you got it, right? So I must have been watching that and gone, even when she's giving the dress, you must have been like, without getting, can I tell you what happened in that scene sure, with Marley Matlin hit and me. Amelia Jones? It's, she's saying to her, when I was born, did you wish I was deaf? And she goes, See, wow. Like, yeah, I you're, kind you're of, not going to get that. And Marley <sighs> Matlin goes, when we were first getting you tested, I prayed you were deaf. And she's like, and Ruby's like, why? And she's like, I didn't think we'd have that connection. I'm not close with my mother who can hear. Mm. And I feel like I'd be a bad mother. And I know I drive you crazy. So not, not to do with the burden that she carries of having to assist her family. No. It's no. just like, which is well, a I want to be really better. interesting point. And I love that you bring that up because that's my thing where I'm like, so rarely does it get brought up that you being hearing makes you, we become, and I don't mean this in like a, a derogatory or negative way, but they do. They're her burden when she's trying to help them with the business yeah. and everything. And it's the fact that Leo kind of gets that, they get that, but she never, the mum never, never. It's not acknowledged. Point. No. As far as I could tell. Not <laughs> often. And this, yes. Um, yeah. I found that the script, it's interesting to note that people who are deaf watch this movie it was much worse with the French film, from what I've read, mm. because some of the actors in the French film were deaf, which people were like, they're not even doing the sign language mm. properly. Very weird. Oh. So she she learned sign language in yes. nine months. Am I, I'm wrong. Yeah. Amelia Jones. Sorry, I think I said Amelia later. Jones. Amelia Jones. She's barely in anything else. I've seen her in one thing. She was in a TV show called Wolf Hall. She plays the daughter. She's in it for seven seconds. I didn't know she was British. She does a great, <laughs> oh, really? great American accent. Oh, she never sang wow. properly before. No, she learned how to, to sign language operate and a fishing trawler as well. Yeah, she's sing and, and in sign. many ways the MVP of the movie. But if we're talking about, uh, of course, the behind the scenes thing, there's Marley Matlin, who's probably the most famous deaf actor of all time. I would say. Yep. she's the yep. only other actor who's won uh, an Oscar. She mm-hmm. won in 1986 for mm-hmm. Children of a Lesser God. That's it. And she was basically behind the adaptation of this, and the studio kept saying well, we're going to have to get names in this and there's no deaf names. And she's like, you're not making this movie with hearing people. Yeah. I'm not going to be no. in this film if you're going to cast my husband and my son as people who can hear. That's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And she fought and they got Troy Katzer and Daniel Durant. Well, that was so great. Fantastic performances. So, yeah. and well, the Troy, fact, as we know, won the Oscar. So, case Troy, point. We'll right? talk about we'll that. We'll have to talk about that because yeah. he's a bit of a fulcrum in this movie. But it's just that there is certainly a degree to which there is a lot put into making this representative for deaf people. Mm. A lot of people who saw this movie from deaf communities are not thrilled with it. They think that it does a poor job of conveying the fact that deaf people get what music is. (laughs) It's not some alien concept that they have no idea about. Like they're not a big fan of the scene where the family's trying to clap in rhythm. Like they have no idea what rhythm is. That's one of my notes. They're like, like, we get how to do that. And also the scene was so long where they're looking around confused. Everyone can (laughs) hear. And it's like, yeah, they would know that. They would have seen that before. Very weird. It's a little on the nose. This is the scene where um, uh, Ruby performs at the concert. Sorry, just for context. Yeah, so she's singing live and all the audience are loving it, like getting emotional, and the family are looking around, trying to gauge how it's going, mm-hmm. and they have no idea basically, and they're clapping out of time. It's kind of embarrassing for them, and then yes. they get distracted. They start talking about what are they going to have for dinner, um, because they can't pay attention to the concert, sure. which I think is a bit, it's a bit cheap. It's yeah. I the, mean the biggest plight that this deaf family faces in the entire film is oh no, we can't get enough money for fish. Yeah, that's and, it. And it being capitalism being the villain is fine, great, love it. Yeah. And like Easy. it being that case, but it's also that so many scenes rely on the deaf characters in this movie being unreasonable. The fact that they, like, when she goes to leave and her mum's like, I've set up an interview for today. And it's like, 
could have fucking told me, Mum. That would have yeah. been a great bit of information yeah. to have. And then, like, this when, goes back to burden, right? Yes. And yeah. when her dad, when she comes home at the end of the day, and her dad's like, "Well, I lost my license, thank to you," and it's like, not her fault, no. at all. Also, that's very situ- frustrating. So yeah. that bothered me because if even if she was on the boat at that time, when the coast guard obviously pulls up, they their boat, still would have been like, they still would have pulled up. They still probably would have got fined. Mm-hmm. It didn't change the situation, regardless of her being there or not. And there was a hearing abled person on board, yes. so like nothing changed. I so that was the threatening moment of the film. That was it. Yeah. That was but the it wasn't peak. the problem that their engine on the boat was not maintained, Which, and then they weren't didn't responding to yeah, didn't yeah. respond to yes. calls. But how's that her fault? It's that I cannot stand movies or TV shows where the conflict is we didn't have a simple conversation, and yes. that happens constantly. <laughs> and even with her teacher, Mister Bernardo Villalobos, Mister V, even when he's like. You're late, and I'm not going to teach you because you're unreasonable. And she just has to be like, I come from a deaf family that is, like, financially in ruin. Yeah. I need yeah. to help them sometimes. I'm sorry I was late for my fucking singing class, dude. So like, this is, it's yeah, really just annoying. Ease up just a little bit. Also, I'm a kid in high school. Yes, I'm also <laughs> like just 17. And <laughs> I've written down here, this is one of my notes, and this is the biggest note I have out of this. Yeah. Uh, you, what font they, size? They, it's it's <laughs> yeah, all caps. Um, an annoying trope, a very annoying trope used in this film of the no time to explain trope, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Worse. That's, it's not quite that, but it's pretty much that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moments where it's like, just talk about it, or this should have been explained, or yep. just take a second and go... This is how I'm feeling about this thing. Instead, it's just like, well, f- oh, and then leave. Get frustrated. Through Get Anthony frustrated. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. My God, really? Com- I that- mean, you're married, Marcus. You know, communication. It's key. Was Frank, you're recently divorced. So it would have been <laughs> a talk. great lesson. Only <laughs> if only he'd told me earlier. Uh, but yeah. no, this this trope really it did bother me. So um, I think you know the, the protagonist wanting to explain themselves and all that sort yes. of stuff, like, and just don't. Yeah. Just do it. Just say, Mum and Dad, I really love singing. Early days, too. Like, just, I really love singing. This is what I'm doing. I need some time off or whatever. Like, just talk about it as a family. They're obviously very close. There's no communication barrier or breakdown. So it's not like there's any uh, animosity between anyone in the family. So just... The parents kind of seem like they're being... Work it out! It feels like it's trying to hit that theme where it's like, if you have a child who's hearing and we're all deaf, then communication breaks down. And it's like, people aren't like this. This is a sitcom problem... Yeah. The movie that you're trying to present as real life, the sitcom humour in this movie fucking grates me. Do you I know what can't. the wonderful thing about real life yes. would be? If this happened in the real world, yeah. that girl walks into the music class, the music teacher goes, oh, you can actually sing. You know what you need to do, right? And she says, oh, practice and apply for scholarships to Julia? <laughs> no, you need to go and fuck an American Idol. You have the <laughs> hardship backstory <laughs> and you are That's the best singer ever. True. You're going to win this fucking thing. The that would be a far more interesting and entertaining film. The yeah. second he that says, which is such a scene that was obviously made for a trailer, but he's like, you're the girl from the deaf family. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, hmm. And you like singing. That should have been him being like, let me make a phone call. <laughs> like, hello, Ryan Seacrest. Yes. 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 Simon Cowell, I have a somewhat, like, money thing for Immediately that would have worked. You're absolutely Her right. Her decision to join choir as well, it's such a, like an Oz and Heather moment from American Pie. I cannot deal <laughs> with you. you from the heart. You hated, you hated the opening of the, that's such a deep cut, by the way. Once <laughs> you said it. Because it's like, I know the names of the American Pie characters. Yeah, that's Off my heart. Oz and played, Heather. Played by... Played by Chris, Chris Klein, Klein and, and Mina, Savari. Mina Savari. I think you're right. Yeah, from American Pie. And American from Beauty. American Beauty. She only was in movies starting with American. That's it. That's it. Otherwise she, she was, was in It was a contractual <laughs> thing. Um, but it was. It honestly was. It was like, oh, I really dig this dude. I'm going to join choir. Yeah. Given she had the backstory, obviously the opening shot of the film, she's on the boat and she's just singing her heart out. And she's, you know, she's got a great voice too. She does. Mm. Um, you know, so it's established that she loves to sing, but it's in choir's like an afterthought. Yeah. It is, because even her friend's like, you fucking right? Well, he see, she sees the boy sign up that she likes, and she goes, oh, no. But yeah. you said, Frank, that you Should really didn't like-, like the first 30, 40 minutes of this movie. Well, that's Is that why? That's why. It was It was simple. It was mm-hmm. cheesy. It's all because on the nose. Because it felt like a Netflix pumped out dr- teen drama. Yeah. yeah. And you're just watching copy this. copy and paste. Kath and I watched this months ago. I rewatched it this week, but we watched it months ago, and we were like, it won Best Picture. I like to try and watch the Best Picture film. I haven't seen them all, but I'd like to. And we were 20 minutes in and we're like, 
I can't fucking believe what I'm watching. Mm. I can't mm. believe this. And that's not for me to like elevate Best Picture or the Oscars and be like the height of craft and the height of awards. Like Green Book won Best Picture, which we'll talk about. And like other movies that I don't think are very good and most people have gone, mm. yes, those mm. shouldn't have won. But like this is a movie, as Marcus points out, that feels like it was cranked out in those opening scenes in just some Netflix churn mill. It's yep. just like, it's like Booksmart hey, got- never happened. It's like Juno never happened. Yeah. It's this movie. It's like the girls who walk past her and are like, do you smell fish? And I'm I, like, that's from a 90s movie. I these half fucking expected bullies. like the Zack and Cody kids from the Disney Channel to walk in at some point. Right. Like It just yeah. felt like, yeah. And she makes, she makes eye contact or she sees this guy down the hall and it's like, so is this movie about the fact that she has a crush on a boy mm. and that's going to be a guiding factor mm. in this that's 2021 movie? Remembering too to that like, they're the scenes that I had with context. Right. So that so was, those, that was, that was like, my movie. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hence why I'm on the fence because I knew there was more to it. Also, not, I don't want to be rude. Like maybe it's inclusive. Weird looking guy to have a crush on. Weird yeah, looking guy. Also, not a very good singer. No, but like, that's oh, I kind of mm. like. I kind of like that. Also, that a weird looking great. guy. The dad. He looks like he's Troy just Cotter. crawled out of the swamp. I actually <laughs> love. I think he does look like he's on Duck Dynasty, and I think it fits. <laughs> <laughs> it is, is kind of weird. Do you guys? The know, I've is, seen him in. Oh, sorry, the mother. The mother is genuinely gorgeous. Marley Matlin's beautiful. And then you have yeah. Swamp Thing standing next to her, and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, I, that's a weird parent." It's but. weird that she kept calling him that, and the sign for that is really complicated. <laughs> I justified it in my mind as like he obviously was a strapping lad when he was yes, younger. And he was. Like, yeah. Now I'm a fisherman, so fuck you. And also, you could imagine in their in their life, they're probably the only two deaf people in the town. Yeah. Or yeah. wherever yeah, yeah. they might have been That's from. It. That's it. You know. Every time they hint at the backstory of this movie, every time there's a scene where Miles is like, I remember you when you were younger, ordering for your family. or And she talks about, when I was younger, I used to talk like I was deaf. I'm like, there's a really interesting movie here about mm. this young mm. girl growing tried, up this way. And then it's just like, mm, teen drama yep. with, yep. with yep. glee. And yep. she's totally yeah. fine. That's like, it. Like, know, I socially. called it, in my notes, I called it the Glee ending. It is, and it's weird it's that it, it, it's, like, he mentions some of, too many of you have watched Glee, and it's like, you guys, the people who made this yeah, movie you have watched Glee. Glee. Yep. This is made by Ryan Murphy, yes. right? What's happened? Um, we've danced around him a lot, so we should talk about Troy Kotzer, who won the Best Supporting Actor. Yes. I've seen him in one other thing, and I didn't know until I looked it up. Who else here has seen all of Scrubs? Yes. Who I've recalls seen. the episode about the deaf father, who has the son... Oh who, my God. who they say they're going to give an implant to so we can and he hear. Says, and he says, no, to. thank you. That's Trokotza. That's what I remember him from. Oh my God. And I watching him and seeing him in that episode, I went back and watched a clip from it. And I'm like, wow, without the beard and with dark hair, very different looking man, you know? But that's the only thing I also, know him from. It, that side story in Scrubs is more moving than Coda. I agree. <laughs> I actually agree. I think Boom. that's... Boom. We should, really should pay for that sound. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. He's great in that episode. He's... Very, very, very good in this movie. The the once uh, again the one scene, the third scene I want to talk about that I loved is when they get back from the concert. They get back to the concert and they're sitting on the back of the Ute, and it's Frank and Ruby, and he goes, "Sing it for me." Mm. And she's like, "What?" He's like, "Just sing it for me right now." It, Tom's getting emotional. I'm going to cry. It's it's it. so beautiful. So she starts singing, and he just starts like putting his hands on her. That was like, my favorite throat, moment in the film. Face just to feel the oh my. God, it's stunning. But I wanted more of that. That's the film I wanted to watch. Yeah, because then it goes, oh, that's real. That's like such an interesting connection that, I mean, us hearing people would would never think to do. But then you see it go, of course. And there might be some people out there, which I would totally accept that criticism from the deaf community, who would say, well, you know, we don't need to do that. We don't want it. But it is undeniably on a cinematic level incredibly moving, having him do that. And it's like that scene in Belfast we talked about a while ago where – the movies are in colour or the stages. And it's almost like, it's like Kenneth Branagh wrote this scene and then wrote the movie around it. That scene was written and they're like, we need to justify the movie around this because that scene is in 50 years, you play that during an Oscar montage and I'm going to cry. That is a perfect scene. I love it so much. I love her performance when she's singing it. I'm going to cry. I'm going to stop. I was about to say, because you know, the thing (laughs) I loved about it with with music in film, it's so annoying when it's tuned and edited and fixed. That was, that's obviously raw. From the day, yeah. like that's a boom mic on yeah, set, yeah, yeah. and she yep. nails it. Like it's no, you know, it's yep. not like pitch perfect, but camera it's so on a tripod just sitting there. Literally, it's, it's, it's I think it's an iPhone film, isn't it? Yeah. Just, <laughs> the quality wild. these days. It's actually. wild how it's a selfie every time you just see her arm outstretched. Um, all the selfies are in color, which is nice. <laughs> I think that's a nice point too. Not a nice point. Sorry, this is a point that I focused on. Was I think the cinematography just wasn't outstanding with this. There was nothing special about the shots. Yeah, it's 
the uh, I did read about this. It's uh, no, I can't remember the it's, scene at the lake. Yeah, the, the the first scene where she sits on the edge of the rock, yeah. early days, and um, sings happy birthday to herself. She obviously chokes during the the choir. Yes, um, audition. Mm-hmm. Can't even just muster a happy birthday because of everyone in the room and then goes and sits on the edge of this lake and it's a really nice shot and she then she sings happy birthday to herself. There's some nice stuff there. I, I thought that was the best shot in the film and then around that, like even on the, the fishing trawler, I kind of wanted to see more like deep ocean shots yes. and just nothing. Can I guess, is it a Fiona? No. No, go Guess on. again? No. I read it I read it like when I looked at the movie a few days ago and I, but I can't remember. Why? Why? It's a very not... It's Paula Huidrobo. Yes. It's, it's not an established well, cinematographer. <laughs> she doesn't have... She's got a strange last name. Can you spell it? Um, yeah, sure. H-U-I-D-O-B-R-O. I only say that just because she doesn't have an established thing. It's not like some cinematographer that we go, oh, you know... Uh, but she's done a lot. Has she? Lots of credits. Interesting. 51 cinematographer credits. Oh. Pam and Tommy, physical TV show, Fargo, the TV show. Oh, wow. wow. So she's, done, she's done a lot of television. Interesting. Lots, yeah, lots it's of one of those things where unless you break out into cinema, you're a bit of a workman in yeah. TV. But that's Welcome really... Welcome to Chippendales. Okay. Have you guys seen well, that? Awesome. <laughs> Great show. Awesome work by her for those stuff. I will say that I thought this movie was... If I was teaching a film school one day... I, uh, I would, hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. One day I, I would show this movie and be like, I want you to pick a scene from this movie and show me how you would direct it more interestingly because it was almost like an exercise in bare-level competency to direct it and nothing else. There is very little in this movie that stands out cinematically. And the plagiarism. <laughs> the, the, the emotional climax of this film is her doing the audition mm-hmm. and signing with her family mm-hmm. in the audience. They've snuck into the auditorium to watch her audition. For, yeah. For, yeah. So they have, Julia? they have Juilliard. stolen no, that Berkeley. scene. That's Berkeley. 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 Yeah, they've stolen that scene from Mr. Holland's opus. Oh, I haven't seen Mr. Holland's Mr. opus. Is that, re- yeah. is that really from Mr. Yeah. Holland's opus? That's funny. Yeah. But he, is, see, he is signing uh, Beautiful Boy by John Lennon uh, to his deaf son in the audience. Wow. And there yeah. is a through line. Like You talk about, uh, you mentioned knows. before that, you know, Deaf people understand what music uh-huh. is. There is a scene in Mr. Holland's opus that expressly addresses that. Yeah. John Lennon dies in the duration of this film and the father says to the son, oh, you, you wouldn't understand, you, you don't get it. And the son arcs up and says, I get what music is. Yeah. And so it's a through line wow. that he... Uh, and in the, the climactic scene, it's like he's finally accepting his deaf son because he's a music teacher and wants to, you know... It's right, Richard Dreyfus, right? Richard, uh, it is. Award winner Richard I Dreyfuss. really need to watch that movie. It's great that you've brought. I, I keep it keeps coming up in things I listen to, and I should watch it. But that's yeah. great. Um, it's a really interesting yeah. insight. Good. I was sitting there watching Coda. I'm like, I've seen this scene. And it's where have I seen this scene? <laughs> that's oh, that's right. Because yeah. it, it's it's a, it works. I assume you guys quite liked that scene where she starts signing. Yeah, when she's singing. No, it's it, mm, it's a good emotional. Class. Okay, no, I saw it coming though. Before yes. the parents and the brother even said, "Oh, let's snoop." Kath goes, "She's going to start signing the song," and I was like, hundred percent, no, probably right." Yeah, but I also there was a moment where I was like, "I know that one at some point someone's going to try and speak. One of the family members is going to say something rather than sign," and I knew that was coming, and it did. And yet, it also made me cry. The it was, second he it said, was when he said "go," yeah, I. Splutter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. really get emotional. They Everything well. he does. The the moment when she's signing isn't so emotional for me. It's his face again. Mm. They mm. cut back to the, the family and he just is so expressive. Mm. I think he's the sentimental choice, but I look at the best supporting actor lineup and I probably... No, I actually... I probably wouldn't give it to him, but I almost would. Mm. There's a lot going on there we should talk about soon. This film... I, it created a bidding war as well. Do we do we touch on that? We, we should talk about the fact that uh, Apple paid twenty Apple, to twenty five million dollars for it. I think yeah. it was around that. Which Apple, is Netflix, uh, Amazon, and there was yes. another unknown ser- um, service it, provider. It was the I... most it's ever been paid out of Sundance. Yeah. You know, and to buy it and then release it during the pandemic. I have a lot of theories about why it won Best Picture and why it got so many great reviews. Go and on, I think it. the easiest one is COVID. I think that it's my one note that I've got. It's like COVID fucking sucked. And we were all dealing with this real miserable trudge that seemed to not necessarily find its uh, any sort of catharsis through good media. Like, I think a lot of the things people were releasing were like, isn't this awful? And we were like, yeah, it is. Like, like Bo Burnham, I love it. I love Bo Burnham. But Inside is a bit of a sort of a pillar of that, which is a really good stand-up special that while you're watching it, you're like, this is me bathing in my own trauma. 
and Bo Burnham's trailer. <laughs> 100%. And it's sort of like a lot of stuff it, that got released like that. It and wouldn't Co- work if COVID didn't Coda exist. is just like, who gives a shit? Don't worry about all that stuff. And it's like, oh my God. And Escapism. It, it was so effective. People loved it. It came out of Sundance and people were just like, this, finally, yes, this. And I think it just rolled all the way to Best Picture with that. It's a really interesting sort of winner in for several reasons. It is the... I think the least amount of nominations ever for a film that's won Best Picture. It also won all its nominations. It won Best Picture. It won Best Supporting Actor. It won Best Adapted Screenplay. Adapted Screenplay, I go, like, that's my fucking review of it winning Best Adapted Screenplay. I think that's absurd in the same way that Belfast winning Best Screenplay was absurd. It was a weird year for screenplays. Dune was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm Mm-hmm. Dune, like the famously impossible to adapt Sorry. novel. This has bothered me because he mentions Dune a lot. And is it do? Is it do? It is Duen, pronounced correctly. But June? I will also accept Dune. Dune. That's it. Those are the only two. <laughs> Don't at me. So it's Matthew McConaughey. So yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Dune. Yep. And yep. Dune. Brendan Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> With a Z H A. Fraser. Dune was nominated. Drive My Car was nominated, which is a beautiful Japanese film. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Power of the Dog was nominated, and mm. there was another. Oh, um, The Lost Daughter, which I didn't see, but I heard it was pretty good. But I thought it was a really absurd thing. But can I give you guys the best supporting actor nominees, and you can tell me if of you course. think you'd give it to someone else? Go we on. had Kieran Hines, which we didn't talk about the fact in Belfast that he was nominated. I think we only talked about Judy uh, Dench. Is it really? No, no, he no. Was, we mentioned that. Did we? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he was nominated. I think, whatever. Again, a sentimental choice. Yeah. Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, which mm. is. Very strange, but I liked it. I yeah. thought he was really I, good. I kind of love him, though. I think he was really good. I don't. I did not expect him to get nominated. It was mm. kind of great. Oh, sure. Uh, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. Not a movie I saw, but was a controversial. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have what seen that. What is happening? And that's not an Oscar-worthy movie. No, everyone like, was really shocked by that. They like were like, like, it was a cameo. <laughs> like, he yeah. was kind of in it. And yeah, it was six minutes of screen It's time. almost like everyone went, lol, imagine if I voted for J.K. Simmons <laughs> and then enough people <laughs> did it. And then the other one is Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog. Mm. Not a film that has universal love in this room. I think he is amazing in that movie. Mm. I think he's really channeling like he's an actor that's honing on his skills you can see it he's channeling Casey Affleck in The Assassination of Jesse James which is what if I play this just nakedly like sort of vulnerable shameful character in the West that everyone's like you're a menace you're terrible and he's just like I'm doing my best and that's it he can't and then he's just like cutting open rabbits half the time I would have given it to Cody Smith I don't know if you guys have opinions on that but I thought Troy Kotzer was very good in this yes. movie. Of course he was. Yes. He's the one you give it to out of everyone else. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. Sure. I mean, it's Jack. Sure. No, no, sure. Give it to J.K. Simmons because... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> long, career, because he career. looks like an Oscar. So it's yeah. just like... <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him now? He's very buff. J.K., yes, yeah. I have seen some oh, photos. Yeah. He's, he's been training with The Rock recently. But mm. you're really into Danny Durant, the, the brother. Oh, I just thought, I thought he was the most... Well, Troy Katz is obviously very emotive, but I think Daniel was real, know. yeah, grounded, just, yeah, hmm. and also like he just felt like a vibrant. Brother. There's so many levels to his performance, especially that scene at the dock with the. I want to go back and watch those two very important scenes with the yes. No, please, no, no, that's fine. You were talking about that scene. I, that's what I want to go back. to. You it. should go back and watch it because I, I think it's beautiful, stunning, hmm. and it's uh, for me. Like I don't use sign language. I can't. You know, it's very foreign to me. It's so cool to see someone screaming in sign language. You know what I mean? They're really yeah. letting yeah, it happen. For sure. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And his hands are flying everywhere and he's like he's... Oh, million miles face. a minute. The hands are just going. So fast. Yeah. And the expression on his face, it's cool because he doesn't have to talk. So his like, face can be expressing while his hands are doing the talking. Oh, I don't know. That's really, she matches really him there in that scene too They're, in yeah. terms of pace. Like yes. for the fact that she learnt that language and then... It's so expressive. That's my favourite bit of the film is the fact mm. that I was able to watch the film without subtitles and because of how expressive these people are mm. and were, I was able to understand the film. Yes. Yeah. Which Within I think reason. is both a knock against it as a structural, like a script and a story, yep. and I think is a benefit or like a merit to mm. the actors mm. that they can convey that. You'll, I mean, you miss the intricacies, obviously. Sure. Which but is you go, shame, I some of those are quite nice. The th- can we go back to the Berkeley scene? Yes. Which I didn't. It didn't land for me. Interesting. Is that because 
as she starts singing, she starts getting, oh, doesn't bring the sheet music. She has no idea what she's doing. It's like, dude, you, you're auditioning for Berkeley. You would have sheet music. You would have it's this like preparation. It's like everything done. they stack up to just oh, be the, the next so, obstacle and, and the next obstacle. Yeah. Mr. Mr. V, Mr. V, v comes in. Mr. V yeah. comes in. And he's like, "Oh, hey, sorry. Hey, I'm a Berkeley alum. I'll um, I'll play for her." Yeah, it's wildly inappropriate. Not a, and they, no go, never, they go, I guess. Sure. And it's like, what? The and then, yeah. and then he's playing, <laughs> and he messes up because she's shy. And then he's like, gives her the eye. They would see that. They'd be like, they go, oh, "Thank you, thank yeah. you. You're off. You're off. It's a no from me, love." <laughs> Big red buzzer. Yes. Australia's got talent. That's where she should. I get that reference, and I think it's a callback to it. Is you it get is. it? You get it. But you said that every time singing happens in this movie, it works for you. At <laughs> least a couple of my points. Less than the the Berkeley scene lands less than it should. It still lands because I'm a sucker for music. Because it's Obviously. Joni Mitchell. Like yeah. I, okay. I I'm I have to admit this song sort of introduced me or this movie introduced me to that song. But well, I'm a big fan of. Sides, I love that song now. Her version of it is beautiful. I love them doing "You're All I Need" to get by. Kenny likes Joni Mitchell because of Love Actually. I guarantee. Mm, interesting. Because that it's not a no. Emma Thompson gets it from Alan Rickman. Yeah, and that's that's so true. That the, is the hardest only, scene to watch the only in that whole good film. Scene in I would movie, say literally. it's the kids are all right when uh, Annette Benning sings it. But by anyway. the Offspring, yeah, nice. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think every time there's music, and so there's the scene where he's like, "You're not singing from here," and she's like, "I'm trying." And he's like, "No," and I'm watching it, and I'm rolling my eyes because it's like <laughs> he's getting it to be like, "You need to find your true core, and you need to do this." And I'm like, "God, I've seen this scene a million times." And he goes, uh, "Also, now sing," and she sings, and I'm like, "Well, this is perfect." <laughs> Because she can sing yeah, amazingly can sing. and it sounds great. Yeah. And I, I We're know all suckers for music. I'm a sucker for it. Do you know it what I loved as well too. is the, the scene where <laughs> they're from in the, the choir class <laughs> and he's like breathing. Big dog, little dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from the diaphragm, from the diaphragm. Yeah. He's whack. I was like, I've done this. It's triggering. Years. It's that triggering. Was relatable. <laughs> flashbacks, flashbacks. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. We're all actors for anyone who's not sure. <laughs> Air quotes. Yeah. Air quotes. We're all... I've done a few musicals as well, so watch out. Yeah. So this film again to me was Billy Elliot, and for those of you that haven't seen it, Chris, did you have you seen it? Have not seen it. Man, Nor the it stage blows play. my mind that the three of you have not seen Billy Elliot. We should. Watch and who it. do you love from this? Billy is this to me was budget Billy Elliot with deaf people instead of dancers and coal miners. Yeah, because it, at least in the Billy subtitle Elliot, though, for Billy Elliot. one his his journey to the dancing school, the uh, cl- I can't remember the name. I'm so sorry, but whatever the most famous ballet school is at the time, Ballet.com. His journey to that school <laughs> is what the fuck, Frank <laughs> is um, hindered by the fact that they just can't afford it. Like they're they're poor, and mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the riots and and um, the Iron Lady and, and sure Margaret Thatcher, Maggie Maggie Thatcher, and it's like all this shit's happening. Maggie to her friends, Margie, thanks, Marcus. Maggie, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Maggie. Good old Maggie. Oh, Good old Thatcher. Maggie T. But this was the same story, effectively, without the use of uh, a deaf family as as the device. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. and Still Billy Elliot. Before there's a there's a there's far more interesting stories here. Yeah. Than the one we have been presented. Yes. There's a little like, kid that mm, can't speak, or her as older that's gone is or is at school, yep. but constantly has this pull of the family yeah. back to the hometown. That's far more interesting. The dad in Billy Elliot's like, no, you like. I'm sorry to use the language, but he's like, no, you can't be a ballet dancer. That's that's a faggy thing to be. At the time, that's the language used, and he's like, you you can't be a poof. You're my boy. We're mm. we're coal miners. Sure. So there's this danger, there's elements of danger all the way through that film. Yeah. Um, whereas whereas this in this film, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, you can see. And it's, and it's just like... <laughs> we'll support we'll, it and then straight there. Let's just go. But what will we do with the fishing? And it's just like, I mean... Just hire someone. It wasn't even yes. touched it's on not, properly. And they keep saying it's too expensive and all that. And I get it, but you know, it feels like conflicts that just don't have a resonance. Yeah. Billy Elliot, which we haven't seen clearly. Has. I will say, and I know we're going to be getting to the point soon with this, I certainly have found more and more as I've talked about it, I'm like, well, I like this movie more than I thought I did because I've been saying more positive things. I can't talk about Troy Kotzer and some of these singing performances without thinking I like this movie. But do you like mm. the film or do you like the song and Troy? That's a really good you point. You know what I mean? It's kind of the first at least 30, 40 minutes of this film are almost unforgivably <laughs> pedestrian, like really basic. Yeah. And then it hits a really comfortable stride where I'm like, to actively hate this, I just have to be an asshole. Well, that and that's like I your point to, to go back to COVID and yeah. the escapism of it. It's very sweet. It works. It's very heartwarming. And imagine of sitting there and going, "Ugh, lame." And it's like, "Yeah, but don't be a dick." And then yeah. it's fine. And yeah. I'm like, "That's how I feel. I feel like I'm someone who's 
booing at a concert, at like a performance by eight year olds. The and the, the kids, kids are trying it up, like, you guys suck. Also, the Glee like, ending, the extras was, were extra. Like, they were extra extras. I don't know if you were watching, but it was the like. Extras it was, were extra. Mate, go back and watch the scene where they're just like. Like going for it, they're like mouths open, clapping in the air, like it was the greatest concert they'd ever seen. Oh, in their when, lives. They're per- when, when they're performing right, right, right. at the, at at the, the, at the actual oh, show, right? It's cringy. It's really, really you bad. You have this thing though. You said that in Rocket Man, where you you pay attention. I to watch the- extras. I love watching them because like, it's an aspirational thing for you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is a career choice. I'm so sorry. That, that was no, very really good. Yeah, that was really you'll get there one day. Pal. Also, did the did the soundtrack bother any of you? I, I didn't make music, sense to me. Just as in the... Or, just the random, like, I love this song. Let's chuck this song in here for this moment. Sure. Oh, like her, oh, her, like, playing songs by the Shags and stuff. No, no, no. Like, just general soundtrack all the way through from start to finish. It was just like, oh, this is a hip song. It's sure. cool. Because I was like, oh, is there a theme with this? It's like, are they going with, like, the 1950s or... Right. Do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden it was, like, jumping all over eras of music. And I'm like, oh, I don't... I mean, cool, it's a nice song. I, I guess. guess it was informed somewhat by Mr. V just being like... I have eclectic musical cha- taste, and you guys are going to do these songs, uh, and the movie's going to do it. Was the equivalent of chucking yeah, yakety yak didn't... through uh, Free Willy? Do you know what I mean? No, not Free Willy. Well, what was the other one? Uh, the Andre other, the Seal. Yeah. Andre the Seal. Yeah. Flipper. Flipper. What are you? What doing? was the Seal? What was the Seal movie? Uh, the Walrus in the 90s? was Paul. Um, no, God, now I've lost it. Okay. Oh, and what's what's it, Walrus with um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt again? With? <laughs> the one where he had Tusk. Have you guys seen Tusk? <laughs> we should talk about Tusk. <laughs> Holy shit! That was. This conversation falling down the stairs <laughs> and breaking its yeah. neck. That's a the sidebar. The speed at anyway. which that just collapsed. Soundtrack um, bothered me. That's it. Interesting. Fair point. Was, point. She, Fair was point. she a massive hipster? Because she's there listening to Vital. I like, I Baby. I like Vital it. because my dad played me Vital when I was a kid. She's gotten into Vital. How? I, my yeah, thing definitely was, if you're going to do it, at least like, like they did in the movie, which I think is to its credit, that's a song where I'm like, this is a weird fucking song. This isn't her playing like, you know, Honey Pie from Revolver or something by the Beach Boys and being like, isn't this quirky? It's like, no, this is legitimately a weird song. Yeah. Like, what's the song called? My Pet Foot or My Fo- whatever song she plays for a friend. And no you're idea. like, that's a weird song. I get mm. it. She's- I think the vinyl thing always works for film, though, to go back to you. They always do it. People love, like, oh, vinyl, yeah. you drop the needle. Yes. And then the song, like... It always works on film. It's true. I hate vinyl in real life because you get three songs, you've got to flip the bloody record over. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sit down yeah. with a, with a Pal <laughs> Seltzer and listen to some vinyl. You know, thank you to Pal Seltzer. I do thank them. Thank you, Pal Seltzer. Okay, so... Today. Do I have... So we're going to summarise here. You don't have any more time. I have nothing else because I had something. Okay, one more thing. It's my last thing. Go on. This film won Best Picture and it was an Apple streaming film. Yeah. Netflix has been trying to do that for years. And it's very funny that they missed out and they might not ever get a chance again. In 2018, Roma was nominated. In 2019, it was The Irishman and Marriage Story. In 2020, it was Mank and Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm. And last year, you had Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up. And this year, you have... Arguably, every year, a film that could have been worthy. Decent. And everyone's like, it's only a matter of time. Netflix is going to win a Best Picture Oscar. And then Apple, and Apple fucking swoops in and wins. <laughs> Hilarious <laughs> underdog story. And now they've got mm. Glass Onion, the sequel, might get a nomination, but it's probably not going to win. And then the uh, Alejandro Iñárritu movie, Bardo, which is probably not going to win. So Netflix's time and Netflix is dropping subscribers. It's going to be this weird footnote where it's going to be like, Netflix almost won an Oscar for five years and then it died. And then it went out <laughs> never, of business. Never yeah. won it. It's yeah. actually We are going to talk funny. about Glass Onion uh, in a following episode, I think. We may we, We've discussed I it. would love to. The Knives yeah. Out movie. Yes. The, oh, yeah, okay. Not just the glass onion that I have in my butler's pantry. Or the Beatles. Because <laughs> I have it just we're, here. We're calling this episode Marcus's mishap as well. I'm going to I'm gonna coin that one. Because we, should, we should do this episode again once you've watched it with subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come So do we have... Oh, we, um, you know, so yeah. I, was, I was seven and I'm st- I, seven. If not, I like it kind of... Oh, it's hard. I liked, I liked the such beautiful moments. The film itself is fine. Yeah. But the beautiful moments... Elevate it and carry it through. So I think I'll stay with a seven. I think I like it. Not throwing in the power. I'm sorry. Okay, Tom. Five and a half, which is like slightly higher than Belfast mm-hmm. because it gets me more emotionally, but has that similar boomerish, just whatever vibe to it. 
but less than the conjuring because mm. I kind of like We don't need to you fun. don't need to put it in a list. You Just know, actually wait, let me get my chart out here. Yeah. <laughs> wait, no, this is my astrology chart. Did you guys know? We'll Mercury's put the chart on Twitter. Because now we have a Twitter. <laughs> I just have a Twitter now. Uh, Thank you, Elon. At throw in the power. Yes. I um come throw stuff at us. <laughs> It'll be hilarious if we go on and that handle's taken. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> someone else has called something throw in the power. I'm checking it. Frank's checking. What do you think, Chris? Um yeah, no, I'm still I'm still a six middle of the road. Mm. This it, it could have been a really great thing. You know, it's got all the pieces there that the cast that they had was great. Mm. Um, it's just the, the story let it down, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Too many scenes like the sex scene where you just imagine going to watch it with people who are over 40 being like, oh, they're having sex and they don't know everyone can hear them. And you're like... That's a that's really dumb. And then it cuts to them all downstairs having a conversation, and you're like, in what world? Like, how does that scene naturally follow those two fucking that they come out of the bedroom and, and go, have a sex talk? Well, we need to go downstairs and talk about this. The yeah. guy'd be like, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, immediately. We just <laughs> met this kid, but we're gonna give him the sex yes, talk. And then like uh, Troy Cotts, I love him, but him doing the whole like, let me mimic a dick being in a condom and then jacking it off. <laughs> you, yeah. It, I mean, no, it's not a good it's moment. A it's bad. As if he would do that. Oh, I know. And also, it goes for a long time. Way too long. And yep. I just picture an older person sitting next to me, like gasping for breath laughing. And it's just like, it's Hey, not- Grandma. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. Thank you for your support. Um, okay. I don't remember what I... Scored Belfast. You gave it a. S- oh, you gave we Belfast. We don't need to compare to other films. No, he, just but he gave, it. he gave Belfast an 11. It's a valid point because. It loved it more than anything. I'll back life. it. I, I feel this is a better film than Belfast yeah. for me, but I still don't want to move from the fence. Yeah. I don't know whether I hate it or loved it. I haven't been swayed. I haven't thrown in the pal here. If you were to sure. force me to, really force me to change my, my vote. I want to force you to. Okay. I'm going to say I disliked it. Oh, really? Mm. So it's a it'd be a Tom five and it'd be a Chris five point five. We're gonna have to get a chart. Yeah, yeah you need, can sort that out. But I'm, I'm being diplomatic. Something I realised we haven't necessarily done with the last episode, and this one is do our well. If you liked it, what did you dislike specifically at the end? And if you disliked it, what did you like? Uh, but I feel like we've covered it. We've well, definitely covered that. Yep. So I yeah. think awesome. This I'm an easy one. Gen- generally going to start like putting my ratings on a thing so I can rate them relatively because I'm good. I know, but I'm going to get to like ten episodes and be like, I gave that a fucking four. What am I talking about? You said like, that today. You said I can't believe I, I gave- can't believe I gave Elvis a three. I'm like, well, that's that seems hard. a bit harsh. A bit harsh. <laughs> it's very dramatic. You're learning. You're growing. I'm growing. To All your right. point earlier, it'll be interesting to see how history history remembers this in 10 years that's so true out of the COVID context yes. people watching it 100%. I think it'll be somewhat forgotten yeah can anyone hear that speaking music? of forgotten Good we're stuff. about to be forgotten yeah <laughs> see you later you <laughs> won't on, remember this on. thanks for, for listening good stuff we'll see you next week love yous through in the Throwing the Pow is a Hey Pals production production produced by Frank, Tom, Marcus and Chris. And uh, yeah, we're talking about Coda today. So thanks for listening. Thank you very much. This is the Coda to the episode. Hey. Oh my God. <laughs> very nice. Uh, yes. Bring it back. Uh, thanks to Pals Seltzers. They are delicious. I'm very oh. refreshed. <laughs> Bye. Throwing the Pals.